Cinephiles, audiophiles, ladies and germs, welcome to the Film Cult Podcast. Tonight on the show, Will Brooks. You might know him a little better as MC Dialek from the band Dialek. Here it is. Well, Will, how are you? Good, man. Chilling, chilling. Just uh, here at the studio. Um, just kind of, you know, trying to juggle like 15 things at a time. But uh, yeah, it's good, man. So, like, how often are you recording? Are you, like, fucking around with shit daily? Like, we got the yeah. new record out there, but are you are you already thinking way, way ahead? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm constantly working. I mean, that's basically, like, the, um, that, that's, like, just the way I've always operated. Like, I'm just constantly working on beats. I, I try to tell people, I'm like, man, like, I, I'm, I'm so grateful and, you know, lucky that I've been able to do this for almost a quarter century at this point. But to be honest with you, if like nothing, if Ibikak never picked this up, I'd still be somewhere working on beats somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, it's just what I do. Like, I don't have hobbies. This is it. You know what I mean? It's like, it's my job, my hobby. It's everything. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like what I spend my time doing. Well, what did you think when like Patton and the Ipecac guys were like, come on, let's go. It, yeah. That's, it's a crazy story, man. Cause, uh, Basically, we uh, like the way that happened was that we we um, we we were doing some shows with Lovage uh, here in the U.S. and uh, Patton would be at the side of the stage like watching us perform. And uh, like the last day, we only did like a handful of shows. It might have been like a week or something like that. But uh, the last show, he was like, "Yo, what are you guys doing like in the next like week or two? We were like, we were heading home. And he was like, "You want to be the support act in Europe?" We were like, "Absolutely." So it was like, but, you know, he was like, all right, but you got to be ready, like, in, you know, like a week. So it was like, we had like a week to, like, you know, get the tickets, like, all that, you know, like, organize everything. But we went over there, and after the first show, um, I remember he was backstage and, like, was like, yo, I want to put your record, uh, I want to put your record out. What's it going to take? Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I remember I was kind of lukewarm to the idea, to be honest with you. I was like, I was like, Mike Patton? I'm like, that's, that's that white boy that was trying to rap with the fish <laughs> flopping around in that video on MTV when I was a kid. And uh, Octopus was the one that was like, nah, man, we should do this. And I was like, all right, I guess so. So uh, I'm forever grateful to Octopus for convincing me that this was a good idea. Because honestly, like, Patton and Ipecac changed our lives. You know what I mean? Like, they not, not only put out our record and have always had our back, but, I mean, like, we learned so much from, from all the bands that we toured with on that roster. Like, the Melvins, you know, like, all of Patton's projects, like, you know, uh, Tomahawk, uh, Fantomas, all that. Um, you know, like, they really taught us what it meant to like to be a real band as far as like we were like I mean we were always touring and we were always like road dogs we were always out there but we were playing like VFW halls and basement shows and you know what I mean like that kind of thing um like I said like by the time we met Pat and we were playing like with bigger acts like you know we, we had we had a booking agent but like those like Melvin's and Pat and them really like taught us man like the, those were our, you know what I mean like they they, they showed us the ways but um, but yeah, man. You know, like without them, honestly, like we wouldn't we wouldn't be where we're at. You know what I mean? Well, are you shocked at like how the metal community has always embraced dialect? Like it's it's from everywhere, from fucking Tool fans all the way to Melbourne's fans. Like the metal community has embraced oh. you guys, and I feel like from the beginning, was that a shock to you? Well, I, I'll say I'll say a, a, a portion of the metal um fans embrace us i mean there's you know there's like there's, there's two fans that love us but don't get it twisted there's two fans that hate us and those two I mean? fans fuck them anyway <laughs> yeah but <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but on the real like to, to what you were saying i mean that um you know the we've we've played with every kind of genre you could imagine from the beginning you know what i mean and like we, we were playing like 
indie rock shows out of necessity, just playing like wherever we could play. Like we didn't care if we were, you know, playing with hip hop groups or we we're playing with rock groups and metal groups, indie rock, whatever. It didn't really matter to us. To us, it was like we were approaching it like every crowd is a brand new crowd. Out of that crowd, we're going to find the people that our music resonates with. And, you know, that like I keep I keep harping on, you know, finding your tribe. And that's basically what we made a career out of is finding our tribe of people amongst all different genres of music. You know what I mean? Like from now, you know, just like a portion of the Tool fans were into us. It's the same thing when we opened up for De La Soul. You know what I mean? Like, not all De La Soul fans were into us, but a, but a portion were. And you kind of, you keep building off of that and you keep finding, like, more you know, more people that are into what you do. And I always say, like, with the Tool fans, it's like, man, like, if a quarter of the audience liked us, that's still more people that come out to our shows anyway. So, you know what I mean? Like, it, it works out in our favor to, to, to play for a crowd that big, even if a majority of them aren't into it. You know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. It's about finding the people that are into it. But uh, I mean, like I've always appreciated the people that, that we resonate with, man. And it's, it's been, it's been dope to be able to play with so many varied musicians and so many genres. And yeah, metal, I mean, they've, they've definitely embraced us. I mean, we've always had a love for metal too, man. I mean, you know, I grew up loving Slayer. So, you know, being able to play shows with, with Dave Lombardo, you know what I mean? Like on stage is, is, uh, uh, it's moments like that, it's kind of hard to believe, you know what I mean? Like when we like hanging out before a show or like after a show and it's like, yo, that's Dave Lombardo on the couch, like just like bullshitting with me. I'm like, this it's bugged out, man. It's, life is crazy. You know what I mean? Like the, the paths you travel, it's, it's amazing sometimes. Well, and speaking of like all the different genres, this new album, it's it, like, as always, it encompasses everything. What I find different about this album, to me at least, this seems one of your more upbeat albums, which I find crazy in the world that we're living in. Was this by accident? Did, did like how did that whole thing come about? Not you know, it's funny. Um, it's funny that you find it upbeat. I mean, there's definitely I, I will always I would say there's definitely hopeful moments, and there's um you know like a, a joint like a uh, good I find really ill um just because it it, it is like. I guess like in the scheme of things, it is upbeat, but then you have to listen to the lyrical content and it, it's not, you know what I mean? So, but there's, but like our albums have always had, at least to my mind, um, have always had like a twinge of hope. It isn't like everything that we do isn't as dark and bleak as people like, you know, may think it is. Um, otherwise, like, what's the point of breathing? You know what I mean? It's like, like, uh, yeah, shit is fucked up, but like, it's like my, 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 my music is about the fight. You know what I mean? My music is about the struggle and about, trying to win man trying to come ahead and trying to survive uh and you know the, the there are maybe more hopeful moments on this album and maybe it's because we need them you know what i mean because the times are darker um but at the same time i feel like the anger the pal palpable anger on this album is probably like stronger than it's ever been as is the sadness and as is like the you know just like the underlying rage and all those emotions that that I had and that, you know, that we had collectively, you know, be coming through like the last couple of years like that. I wanted this album to really capture like what, what we had been through. And I think it does that, you know, and, the, and I guess the hopeful part is that shit, man, we're still here. So that that in itself is a victory. You know what I mean, so maybe I am a little more hopeful than I used to be. I guess I, w I want to expand on that because do you feel hope in, I guess, the youth of today? Do, do you see us going in a better direction because right now shit's pretty fucking bleak out there. But do you see, yeah. do you see that light at the end of this tunnel? I do, man. It's, it's funny for me to say that, but I really do. And I saw it maybe at, at, at one of the darkest points. Um, I saw it like in the midst of the pandemic 
uh, in the midst of the police murders and uh, the social upheaval. I saw it in the midst of a march that I was a part of with my wife here, like where I live in Union City, that was, you know, this march, you know, it wasn't huge, but it was, you know, a few hundred people, a couple hundred people, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I'm terrible at crowd sizes. But uh, what was amazing was that like, when the march was done, uh, I realized that, like, you know, like most of the march was like comprised of the youth and it was organized by like high school kids. And these kids spoke at the end of, of, of the march at this park. And these kids were probably like the most eloquent, well-spoken, well-informed, um, on top of shit kids I've ever seen in my life. And I told them so. Like, I, I spoke to a couple of them afterwards and just kind of conveyed the fact that, you know, that here I am, I'm 46 years old, but to see them at like 15 speaking the way they're speaking, they get it. You know what I mean? And I, I feel like what I'm hopeful of is that, like, I feel like our generation, our job is going to be not to be in the way, the way that baby boomers are in the way. Like, we need to understand when it's time to, like, give the reins over to this next generation and help them achieve the things that they want to achieve. But as far as, like, what they want to achieve, I think these kids get it. You know what I mean? And I think there's a, there's a better understanding of, you know, a lot of things that, that our generation struggled with, be it um, sexual identity, be it, uh, you know, race, be like, all these things that, like, were so important to us growing up and that, that you know, that there was such conflict over. I feel like it isn't that big of a deal to younger kids. You know what I mean? Like to them, it's kind of like, yo, y'all still arguing over that shit? Like what? You know what I mean? And I feel like that gives me hope in itself because I feel like I just, you know, of course I, 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 I worry, you know what I mean? That, you know, as they grow up, like you go through so much shit, you get jaded. But, you know, I don't know, man. Like they, they just, there seems something so genuine about about like what what they want and like what 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 they're aiming for that, I, like I, I genuinely hope that, you know, when when I'm when I'm that I'm gonna say old head. I'm already old head, but when I'm that older head, um, I don't let my ego get in the way. You know what I mean? Because I think that's the problem. I feel like, like you you always feel like you have all the answers, but you need to know that you need to be smart enough to understand that you don't know shit, and that you need to be open to other you know like to to what's going on around you and what's going on from the younger generations who maybe have a better grasp on on like what's going on in the world. So I hope that. You know, when I'm in my, my 70s or whatever, if I'm lucky enough to make it there, that I know, like, you know, look, yo, let me, let me step, let me step, not, I'm not saying disappear, but I'm saying, like, be an ally and step out the way and, like, help these, help these kids, like, achieve what they need to achieve. Because, like you said, right now, this planet is on fire, B. You know what I mean? But, I mean, like, the other, the other thing that gives me hope, too, like, without getting too philosophical, is just, you know, the world has always been on fire. You know what I mean? Like, you look at it historically and... I mean, there's always been terrible shit going on in this world. Like, that's not a new thing. And somehow humanity always, like, finds a way to make it through, for better or worse. So um, I'm hopeful in that sense, too. Like, everyone gets, like, you know, on their whole, like, well, this is the end of the world shit. I'm like, yo, it's always the end of the world. You know when it's the end of the world? When you draw your last breath. That's when it's the end of the world for you. But the world keeps going after you're gone. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to keep sight of all that. To me, it seems like in the eighties and, and there was a moment in the nineties and definitely in the, in the late sixties, the, the political movements had, had, I guess, artists really pushing boundaries forward. I don't know that I 100% agree that a lot of artists are doing that right now, but I'm, I'm curious from your standpoint, do you see a lot of new, new artists? Are you checking out new artists? But, oh, but, yeah. but, but do you see this like political edge, I guess, kind of coming back? 
Or do you maybe think this time it's not going to be that way? Uh, I think it's, I think yes and no. I think it's there. I just think it's different. You know what I mean? Like, I think like everyone, everyone expects like, like where, where's the Bob Dylan? Like where's the protest song? You know what I mean? Like, or where, where's the public enemy for that matter? Um, I don't necessarily feel that it's going to be the same way every time it needs to occur. You know what I mean? Um, but when you look at when you look at um, a lot of artists coming out, like the it's in the lyrics, it's it's in the in the inflection, in the tone, in the feel of it. I mean, like when I listen to to artists like uh, Arm and Hammer, when I listen to More Mother, when I listen to um, Backwash, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's like there, there's so many artists out there that are that are dropping things in very interesting, very different ways now. But I think that the the, the common struggle and the common the common themes are there. You know what I mean? Like that that's a that's a universal thing. And I also like, you know, regardless of the music that I make, like I I don't I don't necessarily feel that all music needs to be political. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's uh, there's definitely a need for political music. Absolutely, one hundred percent. But I don't feel that every every song needs to be that, or every artist needs to be that either. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's room for like, there's room for more than that because we as people are more than that. You know what I mean? Like, um, I have a line in, uh, in one of, uh, oh, actually, maybe it might not be a song that I've released yet, but there's, uh, speaking on working on new stuff, <laughs> but I have a, I have a line on, on a joint that, you know, may or may not be in the ether uh, where I say, you know, like, we're, we're more than the tragedies. You know what I mean? Because we are, especially, especially people of color. I think people focus on, on our struggles and like, yeah, like, we all been through some shit, but you know what? We've also created marvelous, beautiful shit in this world. And, like, you can't lose sight of that. You can't lose sight of the joy also, you know? So I feel like musically there's room for, there's room to express all of that. There's room to express the anger and the frustration, but there's also room to express the joy and the beauty, you know what I mean? And, and all of it is just as important. You're always playing with new soundscapes. I'm curious, is there any instruments, any like sonic levels that you've always tried to, like, I, I guess wanted to play with, but haven't had the opportunity to or, or, or anything like that? Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything that I haven't, uh, like sonically that I haven't um, been able to mess with. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of the age that we're in. Like everything is at our fingertips. Um but I mean, like, you know, obviously we've always, you know, we've always aspired to, to reach like that, the sonics of like a, a My Bloody Valentine or, a, you know what I mean, like um, This Heat, like bands like that have always been really influential to us, uh, Faust. So like those, I mean, like, you know, like the, the Faust is a good example because like it's like their music is all over the place. And I feel like it's like, you know, um, even though we've kind of, we've, you know, found our, I guess, our own signature sound, we still, you know, we still experiment with different tones and different, like, you know, different palettes. And that's, that's the beauty of music, man. It's just, you know, just trying to create new things and taking like sounds that are all around you and, and creating something brand new with it. But um, yeah, man, I mean, n nothing is off limits to us. You know what I mean? Like it, as long as it, as long as it sounds dope in, in the final mix, like we good with it. Like I've never, we've never been concerned about genre or, or oh, this sounds like this type of music. It's like yo, if it sounds dope to us, we're we going we going to rock with it. You know? Are you always excited about technology moving forward? Like it must be so much easier now to make your music than oh, it yeah. was in the nineties. Yeah, dude. Like I got I got joints. I won't say which ones, but I got joints like on on precipice that you know were made on my iPad. Some of them like started on my iPhone. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and I, I have no problem saying like what I use. Like shout outs to Koala, man. That 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 app. 
you know, uh, if you, people don't got it, like grab it. It's like, I think it's like five bucks or 10 bucks, man. It's crazy. Like, that's like, that's like my go-to sampler to start with. And then like, I'll come here and like augment it with like old school, you know, MPC 3000s. You know what I mean? Like, you see all my gear here. But a lot of times, like, you know, inspiration strikes, you may not be in the studio. And in the past, like that was like a killer. Like, it'd be like, if you weren't here, like you couldn't create anything. Now it's like, I could be like on the subway somewhere. And you know what I mean? If I feel like working on something, I'm on headphones and you know what I mean? Like on my phone and just, just creating stuff. So like that, that kind of freedom is amazing, man. Um, yeah. And like, I mean, like there's like so much stuff, man, like that, uh, there's a, that, um, there's like these, uh, uh, AI programs like that are basically like you could take stems out of any song, which is crazy to me. You know what I mean? But it's like you, you, um, you, you could basically like take vocals out of, out of a song or if you hear, you know what I mean? Like, like break songs apart into parts, which like the technology isn't perfect yet, but just the fact that you could rudimentarily do that, like that's like unheard of, man. Like that was like back in the day, you would have to like search for the acapella bootleg somewhere that someone pressed up on vinyl. Or then after that, or you'd have to like look on LimeWire for like, you know, acapellas or whatever. Now it's like whatever song you're feeling, if you feel like remixing it, you could just like pull the vocal and start working. It's kind of, it's nuts, man. Like, I, where it's going to go from here, you know, it's going to be even crazier. Like, and it, it definitely excites me. Well, I, I guess starting in Jersey, would you say that the industrial nature of, of that, I guess, state as a whole and, and New York being right beside you really led to what the dialect sound was going to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, I think the, the environment itself, uh, and also, um, a fe- you know, a fellow Jersey band, which maybe they were influenced by the same situation, but All Natural Lemon Flavors, um, like their wall of sound and their brand of shoegaze was very, very instrumental in what we do. Um, obviously, like Joshua Booth was part of that uh, group, and he's, you know, one of our peoples that works with us all the time. And, you know, he's been helping us arrange and adding guitar overdubs from the beginning. So, you know, I mean, like their, their, their fingerprints are all over dialect. Um, and yeah, I, I, there's definitely like a Jersey thing that, that, um, that comes through with that. I've just, you know, I've, I've always, uh, just loved, um, I don't know, finding like melody and, and music inside of noise. Uh, and yeah, like bands like All Natural Online Flavors, bands like, uh, you know, uh, we were saying like Faust, uh, My Bloody, My Bloody Valentine, like Cocktail Twins, all of that is very influential and, there's definitely like this, um, I don't know, like some of that stuff, like, you know, the Cocktail Twins are a little more like prettier, but there's like moments on, on Loveless that are just straight noise, but I still find beauty in that. You know what I mean? And that, I, I guess there's a parallel to, to, you know, to growing up in Jersey um, and finding beauty in, in, you know, a state that a lot of people enjoy making fun of, but I love it, man. Like I've, I've traveled the world and there's really nowhere else I would want to live. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I honestly love where I'm from. How early did you start creating music? Like, were you wanting, were you getting the sounds that you wanted at an early age or were you even back then trying to create? Um, I mean, I started as a DJ when I was probably 13. Uh, Yeah, probably around like, yeah, 12, 13. Yeah, 13 probably. Like, I was listening to music like real young. My cousins were DJs, so I was kind of always around them. I always wanted to be like them. Um, but, you know, started DJing on my own, like, at 13. Um, didn't start, uh, I started MCing probably, like, 15, I would say, around there. And then uh, started 
working on beats. I kind of started working on beats late, man, because I was like primarily in, primarily an MC and uh, a DJ before that, but started making beats uh, because of my boy DJ Rec, uh, who showed me how to use the samplers, um, probably like around like 17, like 16, 17. Um, and to be honest with you, I mean, like I've been, I've been very honest about this with people, like the whole like dialect sound didn't, didn't evolve until after I met Octopus and Josh Booth and we really got together. And, you know, that, that's when I was introduced to, to My Bloody Valentine and Alan L was, I guess that was like um, right after we had met in, uh, at William Patterson College. So, like, I was older, you know what I mean? Like, I missed the whole, like, shoegaze thing. That wasn't really something that I was into as it, when it came out. But when I heard My Bloody Valentine, I just changed my life, man. Like, I was, like, I just knew. I was like, yo, I was like, that's, that's what I want to do right there. Like, that sound. And uh, then it was just, you know, a matter of, like, me, Octopus, uh, just kind of building and just, like, speaking on, like, what we wanted to do musically. And we kind of both had, like, this, you know, passion to create something new and to, you know, push boundaries and... He was coming more from like a punk rock background. I was coming more from a from an underground hip hop background. But uh, we also had love for all different types of genres. Like, you know, I loved salsa, I loved uh, metal. I loved, you know, rock. I grew up in the 80s, so, you know, I was big on like MTV and all the videos that we grew up watching. So like we had like this like really big palette of, uh, of stuff to to choose from. And then, you know, being introduced to the newer stuff, like I was saying, like the, the shoegaze stuff, kind of just like, you know, gave us like this whole other other avenue to travel. Uh, I, had, I had been into Faust and Velvet Underground. So, you know what I mean? Like we had like all like these different like sounds that, that we wanted to explore. And to me, like that's what hip hop was about was, you know, especially being a DJ, it was all about digging and finding like a sound that was dope. You know what I mean? Like the way Bambada found, you know, like was sampling Kraftwerk, you know what I mean? It's like no one was doing that shit back then. But when hip-hop started, like, that's what hip-hop was about, man. Like, it was about, like, taking everything around you and making something brand new. And beyond that, it was, like, about finding your own voice. You know what I mean? Like, by using, like, everything around you. So it was, like, the worst thing you could do back in the day was be a biter, which I find ironic because it's, like, now you have, like, you know, carbon copies of, like, everything. You know what I mean? Um, and, like, to me, it's, like, I, I kind of always, you know, I was just trying to find my own voice, and that was, you know... The, the path that me, Octo, and, and Josh took, like, that's, like, that's what we tried to strive for, man, is just trying to find, like, you know, a, a new, like, a new way of, 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 of expressing, like, what we were trying to do, you know what I mean? Um, and, like, you know, you know, and with the sound that it was when we did Negro Necro Necros obviously has evolved to what you're hearing now in Precipice, and they're not the same. I mean, obviously, that you know, they keep, um, you know, we, we keep exploring and keep growing. Uh, I mean, I, you know, to, to my ear, like I also read reviews where people are like, oh, they just keep making the same record over and over again. And I'm like, all right, maybe I ain't listening. I don't know. I can't, you know I mean, I can't spoof feed people, man. Like I do what I do. Critics are gonna, are gonna make of it what they will. People that listen to it are gonna make of it what, what, what they will. As an artist, you can't be concerned about that shit. Like I just, I create something, I make a statement, what the world says about it, that's not really even my concern. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm just, I'm here to create. I'm not, if you sit here and try to figure out what people like, then like game is over. You know what I mean? Like, that's not, that's not what I'm about, man. How easy of an album was Precipice to make for you? Like, do you almost feel like being at home in, in this crazy pandemic world, it made it a little bit easier to be quite honest? Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, 
Yes and no. I mean, like, no, because, you know, I for a long stretch, like, the studio was shut down, so I couldn't even really get together with the other dudes. And, like, our, our records have always really been about us being together, like, in the studio, working on stuff. It's not really about sending files back and forth for the most part. Um, so, like, we had started before the pandemic, and then we just basically shut it down. And then during the pandemic, I, I did, like, that meditation series, which, I, like, most of it I did from my house. And then, like, towards, like, the middle to the end, like, I reopened the studio and started working here again on my own um, and, and was doing stuff from here. Then my boy Dev came through. And then after all that, we kind of restarted. I did like seven volumes of the meditation series. And then uh, we, we uh, restarted the sessions on Precipice when you know, everyone was able to reconvene. Um, and, you know, like I've, I've said this in, on other interviews, but it's like when I heard it, like what we had from before the pandemic, I was like, yo, this isn't even like saying what I wanted to say. It's not really capturing what we just went through. Like you can't, you can't ignore, you know what I mean? Like two and a half years of, of what went down and just release a record like that has no, like no influence from that. You know what I mean? So I was like, yo, we gotta, we gotta rework this. So like when I say we we started over, we didn't start from scratch, but um, a lot of songs got cut. Uh, other songs that were created during the pandemic got put in. And then some of the ones that made it from before were kind of stripped down and then rebuilt um, to to capture what, what I wanted to capture. And uh, obviously lyrically too. Um, and a lot of those lyrics were written written after the fact. You know, what I mean, they were, they were written like after we reconvened. But uh, I mean, it was easy in the sense that you know, I don't think I've been more creative than I was like you know during and after that pandemic. During and after the pandemic, because basically it was like I uh, you know did those seven meditations, and then when we got back in here, this this album it just flowed. You know what I mean, like everything, it's it's kind of like it's it's a it, it is kind of like a blur because. You know, like everything just kind of fell into place, man. Like, you know, even like getting like Adam to, to you know, guest on one of the joints like that. That was like it just happened like it was supposed to in a weird way. It was like the song existed. I heard it. I was like, man, he would sound dope on this. I sent it out to him and he was like, yeah, he's like, give me a couple of days. And then what he sent back was gorgeous, man. It's dope. So um, and I love when, you know, I love when music has like that feel like where it just kind of. I don't know, like, it, it, like, part of it is, like, I know we created it, but part of it just feels like it needed to be created, and it just kind of happened, you know what I mean, which is dope. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's been, um, and, you know, it's been a very creative time. And then, you know, even beyond that, like, you know, there was even more stuff that we had been working on. Um, like I said, like, you know, future projects that we've been working on. Uh, I did, like, a ton of remixes, uh worked on music for podcasts, did a film score. I mean, like we, you know, we did a lot, you know what I mean? Well, what can we expect from you coming up? Like, is this going to be the only dialect album this year? Can we expect maybe something in the fall, a little bit more touring, stuff like that? More more touring. We have a European tour uh, coming up at the end of this month uh, and uh, the UK as well. Uh, We head back to Europe again in October. We got a couple U.S. states. Uh, touring in the U.S. right now is kind of difficult just with the prices of everything, man. Traveling, people forget, you know, this is a continent, man. Like, getting around this country is tough right now. Uh, but we'll do the best we can, play as many shows as we can here in the U.S. as well. Uh, you know, I'm working on a couple other projects. Um, those won't be released for a while. Like, right, it's basically going to be concentrating on uh, playing uh, precipice joints, Um and, you know, uh, like I said, a couple other things I have going on, like the uh, a podcast 
uh, scores that I've been doing, uh, which I, I could say I'm doing that. I can't really announce it as of yet, but when, it, you know, it'll, that'll happen soon. Um, and yeah, just, you know, working with other artists, uh, I'm doing um, a Dev One album that myself and, uh, and Complex uh, have been producing. Um, I have like the, the next, I guess, it, it, I guess it is going to be the next Dialect album in the works. It's just a different kind of album, but uh, that, that's going to, that's, that's going to be dope. Um, I've, uh, I've mentioned it, I mentioned like slight things about it. It's not like I can't like divulge all of it, but basically the idea is that it's going to be uh, me because I've never had an album where I featured other MCs. So my idea for this next record is uh, every song is going to feature a different MC. So I have like a list of MCs that I, I've reached out to. I've reached out to a lot of them, not all of them yet, but uh, the ones I've reached out to have are down. So I've sent out tracks to them and we started working. Um, the one I will say that is pretty much like the song is done um, and I'm very happy with the way it turned out is uh, it's myself and more mother. So that um, just to give you an idea of like where the where the record's going to go. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, all the production, I'll be on the production and uh, I'll be rhyming on it and then there'll be guest MCs on every joint. So I'm excited to get that uh, in the works. It's just that kind of project takes a lot of time and, it, you know, to, to wrangle that many MCs is always tough, but uh, hopefully, if I'm able to do it, you know, I mean, if I if I could pull it off, it'll be dope. Um, worst case scenario, I'll have a, a bunch of singles to to do something with, but I would I would like to make it a whole album, uh, if possible. But uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, other than that, you know, just uh, probably just you know, I'll, I'll start working on an album after that as well. You know, what I mean, like it's, I don't know. To me, I just feel like. I got to create while I can. Uh, life is uh, life is short, man. So you never know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I hope to be here for a very long time, but, you know, no one's promised tomorrow, man. So I, I, I just keep working like, like that. You know what I mean? Like with that idea of trying to get as much work out as I can, but also maintaining the quality that we maintain and, you know, stay, keep into the standards that we, that, you know, that I want to keep us at. You know what I mean? Well, well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope everybody checks out Precipice. It's a phenomenal album. Dialect's always a phenomenal band. I'm always excited. I hope everybody else is too. So thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for listening. That was Will Brooks. Make sure to check out the new Dialect album, Precipice, out available everywhere through Epic Hack Records. Strong oranges, original sin brought back to the floor again. Tried it hung like dumb from day one. You obsessed where my peoples come from. Built coaches and pyramids, kid. Y'all wasting millennia, feeling this shit. Are you hearing this shit? Really feeling this shit? Peak device we transmit. Equipped with scrolls and Sanskrit. This shit, the hieroglyphics depicted in age of melanin magicians, mathematicians, the fastest wisdom. Division, amass munitions, demand submission, 
great suspicion Cause division, sparks addition Now you wanna burn all the books that's written This concludes our broadcast day.